0: Strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh,
1: what a hit!
2: He got jacked. This is the Big Red Rage. <laughs> Presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert.
1: Murray's gonna score!
2: Touchdown! Slammed
1: to the ground by Buda Baker! Like a torpedo. He came flying into the backfield. <laughs>
2: A rage is brought to you by Santan Ford and Gilbert right on the price, right on the corner of the Santan 202 Freeway in Val Vista. Seat key, your ticket to great seats and by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. The Red Sea is rising up! Ah! Temperature rising vision blurring, rage take it over here's paul calvisi i'm ready i'm 100 ready i'm telling you i'm ready and ron
1: wolfley it doesn't get any better than that unleash the fury
3: all right here we go red c that's the cue let's bring it right here because we all know what pass rushers like the most and that is a lot of noise right <laughs> gotta get a jump off the line Because the NFL, let me explain football to you, Ron Wolfley. The NFL is all about quarterback and get to the quarterback. I see, Paul. And uh, we happen to have the guy tonight here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. We have the young man who just became the first Cardinals rookie with two sacks in a game in a dozen years. How about that? Yeah, it's incredible. And, uh... He also has a new nickname, according to Kaiser White in the locker room, who referred to him earlier with the media today saying he's two-sack Ojolari, otherwise known as B.J. Ojolari here on the Big Red Range. There we go. Give it up, everyone. B.J., how are we doing on this? By the way, if you're wondering what's going on outside, that's rain. I know we haven't seen it in many months, so <laughs> yeah. just as a refresher, for anyone who's a little confused, that's
0: rain that just started out here.
4: <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen that in a couple months. I'm actually kind of excited. <laughs> yeah.
0: I am too, actually, no doubt. So, B.J., yeah. your rookie season, man, how do you think it's going so far?
4: Um, I think it's going good so far uh you know we haven't got the results that we wanted but i think as a team we're trending in the right direction uh there's a lot of great veterans in the locker room that are leading me and uh keeping me uh uplifted and encouraged to do better we had kaiser white a couple months
3: ago here on the big red rage right he's he's a guy that commands a lot of attention doesn't he? I mean, just, just tell us about some of those veterans maybe that you've watched from afar. Maybe they don't even know you're watching them, but who are some of those guys on the defensive side of the ball, that side of the locker room, who you watch a lot of the time?
4: Uh, definitely, Kaiser, um, Zayvon Collins, Dennis Gardeck, and of course you got to watch Buddha. Um, their preparation, the way they know the game, the knowledge of the game that they have, uh, you know, it speaks volume. And those guys are really detrimental to the success of the team, and the success of the defense. So I got to
0: ask you right now. You know, each one of those guys that you mentioned right there, no doubt about it. Watching them is really, really good. But when you talk about Buddha Baker, you're talking about a guy that is a unicorn. In the National Football League, as far as I'm concerned. He, he isn't the prototypical size for a safety, of course. All he does is go out and play the game of football the way that it should be played. From one snap to the last snap. Buda Baker's going to go out there and just crush people and throw his body around. When you watch him, what does it say to you? What, what, what has he taught you,
4: B.J.? Um... First of all, he's a heat-seeking missile. He comes every day uh, juiced up, gives the team energy. Uh, his preparation is second to none, and uh, it definitely shows on Sunday. Uh, so he's a great leader to watch and follow uh, if you want to have the same success that he has.
0: Are you big into preparation yourself? Is that something you're learning that the National Football League, you have to do?
4: Most definitely. uh we every week is a great opponent so preparation is definitely important seeing the looks that you need to see so you can go out and execute flawlessly so from what i understand like you not only have practice but then
3: after practice you're spending a lot of time with guys like zavin collins yes sir what what, what's the objective there what what are you getting out of that when you spend that extra time with those veterans
4: uh just to get a a better understanding of the game zavin is a guy who has a lot of reps under his belt um, he knows stuff that I don't know. So spending that extra time with him, uh, it really has helped me develop and be able to go out there on the field and feel more comfortable and play more free. Why
0: did you start playing the game of football? What do you love about the game?
4: I love the competitiveness of the game and the uh, pursuit of greatness. That's what I, I, I really uh, love about this game and the physicality of this game, going out there and being able to make plays in front of great friends uh, and, you know, get the crowd roaring.
0: You know, that was one of the things that really appealed to me as well, just being able to step in between those white lines and basically act like an unmitigated savage. Right, and most then definitely. Step outside and love people, yes, respect <laughs> people, and treat them better than yourself. Right. It didn't get any better than that,
4: right? right. It doesn't. It's definitely a blessing. And uh, every time that I step on the practice field, every time that I step on the game field, I definitely want to uh, you know, give thanks because uh, a lot of people want to be in this opportunity they want to ha- they want to be in the nfl and i'm in the nfl living the dream so uh i definitely have to you know think that i'm blessed and give my thanks every time
0: okay when was the first time you actually allowed yourself to dream about the national football league were you, were you younger
4: yeah i was definitely younger when i first started playing football probably about eight years old eight years old yes sir and you thought about the nfl yes sir okay <laughs>
3: you know what else you guys have in common is you both have older brothers yes, played sir. in the nfl Wolf, well, tell them about your older brother, because I'm curious. Your your brother plays for the Giants, right, BJ? Yes, sir. And, and you know, to what degree did you just follow him as an 8-year-old Were you following your older brother into football?
4: Uh, Yeah, well, we started playing at the same time. Okay. So it was always a, a, a competition. Who's going to be the best? Who's <laughs> going to get the most tackles, most touchdowns, most sacks? Um, so it just continued on all the way through high school, through college, and, and now in the NFL. See, my older brother
0: is, is five years older than I am. His name is Craig. He's a butt gun. He played on the offensive line. That's what he did, right? For 12 years, he played in the National Football League. I played 10 years in the NFL. He now is the color analyst on the radio for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mm. as a matter of fact. So how much older is your brother, BJ, than you? Yeah, my
4: brother is only two years older than me.
0: Only two? Yep. Boy, did you guys! <laughs> when I think of that right there, see? Oh yeah, five years apart is is a big difference right there. Not only that, he was a big dude. He was three hundred and twenty pounds, and so we didn't have any <laughs> back and forth very much, right? But. Just 5 years separation as well. Two years? Yep. That, that's a little bit more competitive, isn't it?
4: Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, every day we're going at it. We're fighting in the house, breaking stuff, things. Just <laughs> the competitive nature of, you know, two young boys in the house. And I think that really helped our relationship, um, you know, as we grew older, having that kind of love and bond for each other. And, uh, yeah, it, it was a great
3: time growing up with him. <laughs> well, I can only imagine. So you're competing with your older brother, and then when it comes time to play against kids your age – you must have dominated because you're so used to going against your older brother right
4: oh yeah for sure uh you know just going home going against him coming back to practice is like is a (laughs) no-brainer um you know just that mental aspect of knowing that i can compete with him and coming out here i expect to dominate so here we
0: are you're halfway through basically your rookie year and you've got games left here do you have a a goal in mind that you say to yourself man this is what I want to do the rest of the season. This is what I want to produce. Do you have that?
4: Uh, for me, it's just a continuous progression of getting better. Each day focusing on something that I can hone in on to improve my uh, you know, skill and my skill level, uh, being able to contribute more to the team and to the defense and making more impact plays to change the shifts of, of the game. Look, we're going to get into your two sacks in depth
3: in them a little bit. Let's just talk about the win. Let's talk about the game. Let's talk about the return of Kyler Murray. Here's what Jonathan Gannon, your head coach, had to say about the return of K-1.
5: He injects energy. He injects belief. He injects, you know, obviously the playmaking and, um, you know, and he's the ultimate team guy, ultimate competitor. The guys know that and they rally around that. And then, you know, he goes out there and takes us all the way down the field to win the game. That's that's why he is who he is. Look, you've heard of Kyler Murray.
3: Obviously, you came to the team. You saw him the last three weeks of practice. But what was it like to witness the Kyler experience in a game? from the from the sideline and see it firsthand
4: yeah it was amazing uh you can tell the whole team was excited offense went out first all the guys are standing up on the sideline trying to get a a peek of um you know the first drive and i think for his first game back he did an amazing job uh you know he did he looked amazing out there especially you know coming off of what he had to go through uh running as fast as he did making defenders miss uh it was it was truly spectacular
0: so bj when you're on the sideline when you're not actually on the field what do you like to do? Do you like to stand up and actually watch the offense go about their business? Or do you like to actually converse with some of your your mates, some of your defensive linemen, some of your linebackers? Do you like to actually sit on the bench and talk? What do you do when the offense has the ball? What do you like to do?
4: Yeah, usually I'm standing up. Uh, coach Rob will come with the iPad, uh, break down the previous drive, anything, any uh, corrections or stuff that you want to change.
0: And Coach Rob is your position coach, Yes, sir. Yes, okay.
4: Yeah, and uh, I, I like to stand up, keep my legs going, keep my legs warm. Uh, you know, if offense has a longer drive, you tend to get a little cold and tight, so I like to stand up and just stay warm. You're, you're not kidding, though. I mean, to start that game, there wasn't
3: a single defensive player on the bench. Everyone was up watching Kyler Murray. And that's when you know. Yeah. Th- that's when you know guys were were all in. And look, it was an inter- That third quarter was so pivotal in so many ways. As a defense, you guys made some big time adjustments. They they had negative two total net yards in that third quarter. Atlanta. The halftime adjustments you guys made were nails from JG and Nick Rollis. And then there was a the whole sequence, right? You had your sack. Kyler threw the pick. And then Taylor Heineke got sacked by Gardeck, forcing a field goal, then it came back. You had another sack. Dorch had the punt return, right? I mean, there's all this back and forth, otherwise known as complimentary football. And here's what Trey McBride, your standout tight end these days, what do you have to say about that?
6: To have all three phases clicking like they were, it was, uh, it was cool. BJ gets a sack, Dorch takes a punt back, Mike, I thought, scored a touchdown. He got, you know, short on the one. But then, you know, Clayton goes in there and rushes it in. So that's what football is all about. You know, if one side does well, the other side doesn't, you're probably going to lose the game. You need all three phases to to do that and, and to win games. And that's what we did on Sunday.
3: How much truth is there that, BJ? And BJ Ojolari is our guest here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We're live from Trophy and Chandler, located on Queen Creek Road between Price and Dobson one unit feeding off another the offense makes a big player scores a touchdown I mean, how much does that fire up the defense when you guys take the field again
4: oh yeah it, it fires us up uh, especially um touchdowns any points big blocks big catches uh it fires us up you know it makes us want to go harder for the offense and vice versa uh when anybody makes a play you see the whole bench stand up congratulate them we're yelling we're shouting um and that's just the brotherhood that we're building here In terms of actually going out in between the white lines and waylaying people,
0: just absolutely knocking their face off, who do you think is the baddest man inside that locker room, other than you, of course?
4: Uh, The baddest man inside that locker room? Oh, man. I'll say Matt Prater. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's That's great. (laughs) You know what? You say that because?
4: Uh, He's fearless, man. Uh, You know, I can't uh, imagine the amount of pressure that he has to overcome when uh, kicking a game-winning field goal or any field goal from 50-plus any anywhere. So, yeah, I'll give it to him. That's an excellent answer. That is the best answer I've heard in a long
3: time. Matt Prater in his career is 17 for 17 on game-winning <laughs> field goal attempts. You're darn right he's yeah. fearless. You're absolutely right. That is outstanding. B.J. Ojolar, our guest. A reminder, you can watch Cardinals in Focus, Sundays, 9.30 a.m., 12 News. We'll get you ready for Week 11. Back with more here on the Big Red Rage with B.J. Ojolar
1: up up the middle BJ Jalari is there to grab Rodriguez at the line of scrimmage. Snap to Jackson. He's going to throw from the pocket. Looking in trouble. Wrapped up and thrown down for a sack. B.J. Ogilari gets his first sack. The rookie out of LSU gets a big sack here on Lamar Jackson.
0: Closed on Lamar Jackson quickly and got the sack. That is big time by B.J. Heineke play fake. In trouble. Hit. And sacked
1: by B.J. Ogilari back at the 10-yard line. A loss of about 10. Oh, that is a big sack back to pass goes heineke with time now the pocket collapses and heineke sack back at the nine yard line bj Ojalari having a breakout game with his second sack forcing a punt oh
0: the rookie once again would not be denied
3: no biggie just tying the franchise single game record for a rookie with two sacks and he is our guest bj ogilari here on the big red rage presented by santan ford and gilbert we are santan ford live from trophy and chandler located on queen creek road between price and dobson paul calvisi ron wolfley and what's it like to hear hear him you know you were there you're responsible for the sacks what's it like when you hear the
4: highlight back in your head uh just bring back that moment um just being able to close on a quarterback and finish the play and the emotions that my teammates and uh just imagine them jumping and being so excited for me so that's that's what it brings back so bj do you have a preference in regard to which side you like to come off the left
0: side or the right side
4: no i don't have no preference uh i feel pretty comfortable working on both sides Coach rob does a great job of you know uh making us be versatile and not just being sticking to one side yeah, that's Coach Rob Rodriguez, the outside linebackers
3: coach. What has he tasked you with from the get-go? Like, if there, if we had him up here and we asked him, okay, what has been most important or where has he wanted to see you improve the most, what would your coach say?
4: Uh, coach Rob would definitely say playing with better pad level, using my hands more violently, uh, you know, understanding the game uh, in the coverage aspect. And that's what uh, Zavin came along really, really well, going with him after practice. and and getting the perspective of a player on the field. So that really um, helped me create bigger strides in in my game and be more comfortable out there.
0: B.J., there's no doubt about it. The the two sacks are huge, and we know how big those are and how they impact an opposing team as well, even their morale. Those two sacks were huge right there. But to me, I got to tell you, the eight tackles – I like that better for you. I was more impressed with the eight tackles, especially when you're an edge guy. A lot of times you're not going to get a ton of opportunities to make those tackles. Why so productive in terms of tackles?
4: Um, Just the defensive philosophy, motor and violence, uh, running to the ball and having the opportunity to create cap-offs, try to go for the ball, create turnovers, and really just population. That's the biggest thing just getting to the ball and getting getting the tackler uh, the runner down.
0: How many times would you estimate that you actually dropped into coverage in this last game against the
4: Falcons? Uh i will probably say probably about 10 15 snaps okay. of dropping the coverage. Okay. Yeah.
0: There you go. And how many snaps did you get overall in terms of pass
4: rushing? Um uh, I can't I can't really say. I'll probably say about like 10 10 uh, about the same. Well. So yeah. it's
0: almost 50-50 with you right there. Yeah. What do you like to do better?
4: Uh, I like both. I like uh, (laughs) to. You like it. Yeah.
0: I I did not expect you to say that. I thought for sure. Oh, coming off the edge. wanting to wax that quarterback's back.
4: Yeah, I I like both. I like uh, showing the versatility that I have. That's Um, cool. Being able to drop in coverage, you know, opportunities to hopefully get a pick one day or something like that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, rushing uh, off the edge is my first love. Um, And that's what I'm really good at. And uh, hopefully I can continue to have the production. Um, off the edge. All right, well, here's your head coach,
5: Jonathan Gannon, talking about your performance, two sacks, eight tackles against Atlanta. He's been doing a good job for us, you know, just like all our rookies, you know, the more snaps that they get, um, the more they see things, you know, the going against different guys, what we're asking them to do on a week-to-week basis. BJ, too, you know, he missed all of spring. I thought he played violent, physical. Um, He rushed pretty well. He's playing the run, pretty good too so that's what i'm excited about
3: jonathan gannon right there you talk about the violent hands once upon a time we had chandler jones in that very seat of course chandler was 17 and 19 sack seasons and his older brother happens to be john bones jones right and i mean oh, an MMA right, expert with the, they used to work in the offseason on the hands i mean chandler was lethal but for everyone who hasn't rushed a quarterback
4: <clears throat> like yours truly
3: paulie pencil tell us what do you mean by the hands and, and how does that help you
4: uh, hand placement is detrimental. Uh, getting good leverage on the offensive lineman, uh, using your length, uh, creating separation uh, are, are just kind of the things that you need to be able to get to the quarterback. Of course, you got to have the hips and uh, the good angles and stuff like that. But the, everything starts with your hands, especially playing a run. Uh, if you don't shoot your hands, uh, the offensive lineman can get up on you. They can swallow you. And, of course, the hands protect you from anything, cut blocks as well. Uh, So, everything starts with your hands. So, BJ, how frustrated were you
0: at the start of your NFL career with the the OTAs that you had to miss, of course, training camp as well, a large portion of that? Talk to me a little bit about your start in the NFL and how frustrating was that?
4: Uh, It was very frustrating, especially going through my first surgery, uh, not being able to go through OTAs, get those reps and be, you know, fine-tuned going into the first game. Um, but, you know, I just kept my head down, kept grinding. I have a great group in the OLB room. Uh, me and Garrett uh, were doing our training together. so uh, we Garrett just, Williams? Yes, Garrett Williams. Okay. So, uh, we just continue to uplift each other. Um, the team did a great job. Coaches reinsuring me each and every time and just uh, being patient with me getting back to the game. So, uh, you know, I'm blessed just to be back in this point and being able to be on that field and make plays. In fact, here's your defensive coordinator, Nick Rollis, just on that steady improvement you've been
3: making throughout 2023.
6: Rollis. Every area of his game is slowly improving throughout the year. This past game, I thought it was his most complete game as far as obviously everyone saw the sacks. He rushed well. But in other aspects, in coverage, he did a really good job um, getting on the right matches and, and smothering his coverage. He did really good in the run game. You know, that's a really good run offense. We just played with some good offensive tackles, and I thought he did a good job setting the edges in the run game.
3: Yeah, no doubt, Nick Rolles, right there. Now, for those who don't know, your first career sack a couple of weeks ago was against Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. How about that? How cool was that? Was that sort of a surreal
4: moment to take down the former MVP? Yeah, it definitely was. Um, it's crazy because Led just kept telling me, man, this is gonna be your first sack. This is gonna be your first sack," and it happened. So it, it was definitely surreal. And uh, when I got the sack, I didn't even know what to do. Like all I can do is scream. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you say anything to him?
4: To Lamar? Yes. Oh no, nah, I didn't. I didn't say nothing to him. Uh, you didn't say? <laughs> yeah, it's still respect. That's to Lamar Jackson. But um, I'm just, you know, I was just so excited to get the sack on him. I,
0: I just, you know, mm-hmm. for me, once again, my rookie year, um, I had uh, kind of a moment, an NFL moment, where I knew, oh my goodness, I, I this is the National Football League, mm-hmm. and some of the guys that I was playing against. I was a kid growing up collecting their cards have you had that yet
4: yeah <laughs> Even I, though I, your, I,
0: your short time have you had that
4: yet yeah i definitely had that uh pre i saw pat patrick mahomes in real life for the first time <laughs> uh you know seeing guys like lamar jackson um uh who else did, who was that i saw, saw Geno as well uh dk metcalf and stuff just guys like that, it's just surreal, you know? And then you have to go against them and yeah. make plays against them, so it's pretty cool. I mean, when the schedule came
3: out, if you had to pick a quarterback, you could sack. I'm guessing Lamar Jackson would be near the top of that oh, yeah, list, right? Oh, most
4: definitely, most definitely. Yeah.
3: <laughs> By the way, for those who aren't familiar, and this is really interesting, um, BJ is a descendant of Nigerian royalty explain to everyone you're the grandson of a nigerian prince Mm. give us a quick recap on that because that's a really interesting aspect of your background
4: yeah so my grandfather he's a very renowned artist uh musician as well very respected back at home and uh his name is prince uh twin seven seven so uh he's a set of seven pairs of twins um so just the prince word is just a sign of respect and um you know class and level so just being able to be a part of his lineage and carry the same blood as him is very big for me as well. So
0: Wait That is minute. really cool. Seven sets of twins? Yeah. In your, <laughs> in your family? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness, Paul. That is incredible right there.
3: Wow. I mean, I'm looking at this, a world-famous painter and musician who ended up touring the globe. Yes. Wow.
4: That is... Um... So,
0: do you have any artistic... Oh, oh, man. You and cheated you at all? No,
4: nah, all the arts and mu- music, all that stuff went to my sisters. <laughs> and we just got to uh, play ball. So.
3: <laughs> and by the way, Wolf, because Wolf loves to know this, uh, BJ grew up in Marietta, Georgia, all right? And notable alums of Marietta include two-time All-Star, former D-back, Dansby Swanson. Yeah. Wow. Shortstop. Mm-hmm. And then Joanne Woodward the uh, famous actress going back to the uh, 50s and 60s I, I don't know you know it's, yeah. it's
0: interesting but paulie you got to ask the money question right okay. now what was it like to grow up
4: in marietta georgia uh it was a great environment um great schools uh great people around great community they supported us uh through high school and and everything so that's where we grew up that's where we learned to you know play football as well so uh, we, low, we owe a lot to, to Marietta. And what was the name of your high school, and what sports did you play at high school? So I went to Marietta High School. Um, I played uh, football, of course, basketball, and then I did field events in track. Okay. Yeah. Wow. What
0: did you, like,
4: when you say field events, what kind of field events? I did high jump, and I threw the discus. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that's so cool, man! See your head. Do you coach? ever pick
0: the discus discus up and
4: chuck it now? Or no, nah, I haven't. I haven't picked one up since high school. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, where are you ever going to pick up a discus and just throw oh, yeah. it? I mean, come I'm on, true.
0: these guys typically have them laying around their house.
3: I mean, they were breaking enough stuff as kids, you know, much less throwing the disc around the house. I mean, my goodness, it's like, uh, you know, my surface brother air was missiles. a shot
0: putter, Paul. And <laughs> That's right. He had shots all over the place. Wolf would run for cover
3: when his brother was practicing in the backyard. That's uh, it's tough. Uh, by the way, you're still only 21 years of age. Yes. He graduated early from high school and went to LSU. Wow. That's remarkable. Okay. All right. I mean, uh, it's, what
4: was it like when you left Georgia to go to LSU, by the way? Uh, it was amazing. I'll, I'll pick LSU a million times over. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. You didn't hesitate with that. What was, nah. the, what was the best thing about going to LSU? Uh, the, the culture. The, the culture, culture is second to none. The people second to none. Um, the people you're going to come across, and especially playing in Tiger Stadium, I feel like everyone should go to Tiger Stadium. Uh, for a night game
0: okay yep. when you say the culture though you know we, everyone talks about the culture and i talk about culture all the time as well it's so critical tell people why
4: yeah culture is everything um the school the colors the fans um and then you're gonna carry lsu for the rest of your life uh and i, I can recommend lsu to any football player because i felt like They never did me wrong, and they got me, helped me get to this point. And there's so many good people. It's a brotherhood. It's a real family that's going to really take care of you.
0: On the football side of things, when you start talking about culture at LSU, um, culture to me on the football side is this is who we are, and this is how we do things around here. That's culture to me. Can you explain that? What's it like to be a football player at LSU?
4: Uh, first of all, you're expected to be physical. You're going to play some physical football, and you're going to play against the best. You're in the SEC West, so you're going to be playing against the top-tier guys, and you're expected to perform. Uh, guys who came before you, Joe Burrow, the Jamar Chases, uh, all those guys are still going to be watching and expecting you to perform at the highest level. So that's really the culture. is a complete bl- brotherhood. And um, that's how I'll describe it. All right, so awesome. Mm-hmm. Tyron Matthew,
3: Pat P., former Cardinals. By the way, the number 18 is awarded annually to the player who best reps, the outstanding traits of an LSU player. You wore it there, and that's a big reason why you wear it with the Cardinals. We continue the Big Red Rage. B.J. O'Jolari presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford.
1: Murray back to throw, lobs it near side, and what a beautiful grab by McBride. Kyler Murray just flicked the P into a thimble. Looking deep, firing far side, and it's caught inside the 40 by Brown down to the 30. Great throw by Kyler Murray. Just dropped the dime. Snap to Murray, and he's gonna keep it running left. He's at the five, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Kyler Murray is back The Mighty. Kyler Murray. Three-step drop in trouble, moving to his left, and he spins away from a defender, running to the right at the 25, at the 30, at the 40, at the 50, and dives to the 45-yard line in Falcon territory,
5: a first down gate of 13. That's the
1: Kyler Murray we remember.
3: No doubt, Dave Pass really well done. Kyler Murray, what a debut, 11 months to the day. And on that big scramble, officially a 13-yard gain. But next-gen stats say cover covered nearly 70 yards. He exceeded 20 miles per hour. Come on, man. And that's when we knew. We truly knew, as Dave said right there, Kyler Murray. He is back, and the Cardinals get back in the win column, and to boot, he orchestrated a game-winning drive at the very end. It is the Arizona Cardinals' big red rage with B.J. Ogilari, our special guest here, all presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert, live from Trophy and Chandler, located on Queen Creek Road between Price and Dobson, Paul Calvici, Ron Wolfley, and B.J., I know you've been asked already this week, but give us your thoughts, your impressions, especially now that you've had a chance to process what you saw. What stood out the most just watching Kyler
4: Murray? Uh, his ability to to extend plays that really stood out the most to me uh, and putting the ball on the money uh, especially that throw he had to Trey McBride on the sideline <laughs> like it, he makes those kind of throws in practice all the time so uh, that was really really amazing to see you know for me Paulie I, I still can't believe what I
0: saw you know even now it's Thursday and my expectation for Kyler Murray was that he was gonna go out there and there's no doubt about it we were gonna see his talent on display I just didn't think we were going to see the 4-3. No. I did not think we were going to see the 4-3. And we saw the 4-3 from Kyler Murray out on the field. Physically, we saw him drop some dimes, make some incredible throws, use his legs, of course, to extend plays. But not only that, Paulie, intellectually and mentally, he was out there going through his progressions. He was out there reading coverage and making throws. And that, to me... That, to me, made me more encouraged than anything that I saw physically.
3: What did you see in practice in the three weeks leading up to the game? Because, you know, we've had a lot of guys on this show say, hey, first week of practice, Keontae Ingram said it. He was automatically checking into play, so you knew that he knew the offense. Even just, In fact, he'd only seen it up on the screen. He never even repped it out on the field. But what was it like, just Kyler in practice for three weeks?
4: Yeah, you can see him going through his progressions, uh, you know, checking stuff down, doing the audibles, like he said, uh, making those throws in seven on seven. Uh, I think they did a great job, you know, just, you know, easing him in the first week or so. And then uh, when he finally got the, the call to, that he's going to start, uh, you know, it was, it was like he, he's been out there for a couple weeks. And here's Trey
3: McBride. Let's start with first the physical side of it. Right. What Wolf said and what you mentioned about him extending plays. Yeah, that stood out to Trey McBride as well.
6: Yeah, just to play with a guy like that who can make plays. You know, when you think the play's over, it's never over with him. You know, I, I think back to that Raiders game last year where he had that two-point conversion. It's just He does it all the time. It's not out of the normal for him to do that. We're, we're always told uh, the play's never dead when, when one's back there because you never know what he's going to do.
3: Yeah, by the way, Trey McBride just had the first 100-yard receiving game for a Cardinals tight end since 1989. The, how about that?
0: By the bricking of my thumb, something wicked this way comes. He yeah,
3: had grabs, a buck 31, seven first downs. He had 40 yards after contact. I mean, we'll get back into Kyler, but we're seeing Trey McBride really blossom. I mean, tell us how impressive the tight end has been.
4: Oh, yeah, he's he's really good. Uh, we go against each other and practice all the time. He's not just good in the passing game, but also in the run game. Great base, great point of attack as well. And he has he's another one of those guys who prepares very well. That is a guy,
0: I just have to tell you right now, I, I, I don't think we're ever going to see Trey McBride be a guy that isn't going to be a big part of a game plan going forward. I, I don't think we're ever going to see that again, Paulie. Facts. Some of the stuff that he was showing and has shown this year I mean, Red Sea, you can see it, can you not? The confidence level this guy has. You know what it speaks to, B.J.? It really does. It just reminds me that confidence is the currency of competition. You buy and sell performances based on how confident you are in watching him. And it reminds me of you because this game for you was a big game. Two-sack game for you as a rookie. Eight tackles. Man, your confidence has got to be high, and how is that going to help you?
4: Oh yeah, most definitely. Uh, confidence is everything. When you know, when you can go out there and know that you're expected to make those plays and can make those plays, uh, you know, it just it just finds a way to. You just find a way to do it, and uh, I think that was a big thing for Trey. He's always been that threat, and uh, it was just a great game for both of us to display it. Yeah, Trey told us after the game he went up to Kyler said I'm killing this guy in
3: man to man he said if he's got me man just chuck it up there and there was a 33 yarder at the end that helped set up the game winning field goal and it was all part of Kyler running the offense a brand new scheme he's never run this sort of scheme before not in high school not in college and so the question this week to Kyler alright you have a game under your belt just what's the comfort level?
6: It was new, a lot of you know terminology and stuff like that. Being out there, seeing a certain coverage, and you know thinking back to like you know old habits or uh, things that we would do, not being able to go to what I would normally go to, having to stay with what we're doing now. There's definitely some old habits that want to you know creep back in when you're out there, but um, no, that's good. You know, breaking those habits, um, trusting the process, and with Drew's coaching, teaching, uh, it's been great. I mean, it's one thing to go after a quarterback,
3: right? But when the quarterback both has the athleticism and the ability to get rid of the ball early, right? Make quick reads, Mm -hmm. quick throws. I mean, that can frustrate a guy trying to get to the quarterback,
4: right? Right. Oh, most definitely. Quick game. um, A guy who's as uh, evasive as Kyler and fast is, is definitely very, very, you know, frustrating
0: so when you're dropping into a zone room okay when you're 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 playing defense and you're in a coverage and you're dropping into a zone room do you ever try to let the quarterback see something that is not really happening Mm -hmm. in other words do you not look at him on purpose yet you know where he's looking do you ever do anything like that to try to trick the quarterback in his read
4: uh, I don't, I don't. I wouldn't say I'm that advanced yet, but that's probably something that Dennis or Xavier is very capable of. Uh, For me right now, just getting my eyes very precise. And uh, when I progress in my coverage, I'll I'll definitely be able to do stuff like that. And
0: the eyes are so critical when you play the game of football,
4: isn't it? Right, most definitely. The eyes are everything. If you take your eyes off a man for one second, that can be the the little separation that they need to go for for a 50 or even a touchdown. Yep. How much better are you in that department? Because, like, when you play a 49ers
3: team in week four, right, Kyle Shanahan is known for trying to mess with the defense's eyes, right? right, all the motion and the eye candy and that kind of stuff. So how much better and more adept do you think you are at this point going into week 11?
4: Uh, I think I'm way better, Uh, you know, especially going in early in the season uh, to San Francisco. The game was just so fast, so many motions, and now uh, everything is slowing down. I'm able to process and analyze stuff way faster. All right,
3: Kyler Murray, you know, look, we, we saw him out there, and it was mighty impressive. And it's not just what he did on the field but it's the respect he's earned off the field and in the training room. I mean, you tell us, you were with Garrett Williams. How often did you see Kyler in the offseason since you weren't on the field?
4: Yeah, Kyler was there every day. Uh, first one there, last one to leave, getting extra treatment. Uh, still to this day, getting extra treatment after practice, doing the workouts with Buddy, uh, Continue to do the strengthening and stuff. Uh, so he's he's on it. He's on it. Uh, You know more than anybody and someone asked him this week. Are are you different? Have you changed you know
3: as a person as a player after going through your first significant injury? Here's Kyler Murray
6: Yeah, I think I'm a different person. I think I think so I think just uh, Some things that you know happen to you you can't really control it just you know either elevate you or or bring you down But I think this is one of those things like I said everything happens for a reason I think it was for the better not only for me, but just for everyone, you know, and I think that uh, the light's different right now. You know, I think uh, people around me, teammates, everybody. It's just, uh, it's just different energy. Jonathan Gannon described it as a jolt
3: of energy, Kyler's return, right? A jolt of belief. What's it like when you know you have a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback and you go into a game? When you have that guy a quarterback, what's that do for the rest of the team?
4: Uh, it's, it's, it's very exciting. Uh, on the defensive end, you know, like I said, he's able to extend plays, get more first, first downs and stuff like that. Uh, so, you know, we're going to go harder. We know that the offense is going to be able to put those, po- put those points up, and we're going to be able to stop them. So just going the extra mile just to get him the ball back so he can do what he does.
0: You know, this is just me, Paulie, and in my observation right now, but there does seem to be a paradigm shift with Kyler Murray right now when you hear him say the light is different. I love that term. we got to put that on a T-shirt, Paulie, right there. The light is different. And he said that he is a different person because of what he's been through. Man, there's, there's so many positives that can come out of that if you just adopt them as positives. And I think he has
3: well i think he has that appreciation for the game that maybe he never had before because he never had it taken away from him and he's learned how much he
0: loves the game itself and i also think paulie too he's working so hard at his craft right now it was always a situation it came so easy to him in the offense and the college offense but now he's blending the nfl offense i
3: think he knows how much upside there is in this scheme hey it's the big red rage with bgo jillari back from trophy live we're here in
1: chandler first and goal, Stroud gets the snap, C.J. looking,
2: scrambling forward,
1: C.J. on the run across the five, he's in! Touchdown, C.J. Stroud, the quarterback with a touchdown run. Nobody is expecting it, Mm -hmm. he has presented himself as a pocket passer, and you just don't know, can he run or not? We haven't seen him really do it a whole lot. Uh, Yeah, he can run.
3: It's funny, Paris Johnson Jr. telling the media yesterday that uh, a guy he played all his years with at Ohio State, even in high school together, they're very familiar, right? And Paris Johnson Jr. saying about C.J. Stroud, he doesn't want to run it, but he will. And if he does, he's got wheels. But you know, And you saw it against Georgia in the playoff game last year. He finally decided to run it, so he has that ability, but so far he hasn't shown it a lot.
0: I don't think, Paul, there's any quarterback in the NFL that really wants to run it. I think they'd rather throw it. Okay, Does that make sense? Sure. I mean. All right. Well,
3: let's ask our guest, BGO Jolari. It's the Big Red Rage. We are live from Trophy in Chandler, all presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. What do you think? I mean, uh, you know, do you ever psychoanalyze some of these quarterbacks? I mean, when you go into a game, you're like, okay, I need to know what makes this guy tick. His tendencies what will cause him to tuck it and run it? I mean, how in-depth do you get studying a quarterback before each game?
4: Uh, every quarterback is different. You know, every every quarterback has different tendencies. Uh, C.J. Stroud, he's playing at a very high level right now. Uh, he likes to stay in the pocket, but when he does decide to run, it's a good decision. He's getting, getting good yards, and he does have the speed, uh, you know, to get first downs and extend plays.
0: You know, one of the things I love about C.J. Stroud is this is a kid that sees the field really, really well, Paul. And he spreads the ball all over the field, doesn't he? I mean, I'm watching him throw the ball to a number of different receivers, of course. And he's done a great job, including everybody. And that tells me that he's reading coverage, that he's going through his progression, and he's throwing to the open receiver. He's not really focusing on one receiver is he
4: nah nah he's he's distributing the ball very well uh they definitely have some good weapons on their team and he definitely does a good job getting them the ball they have a good running back as well um he runs the ball very hard and I think he helps their offense go as well
3: You know, he leads the NFL not only in passing yards per game, but in touchdown-interception ratio. Fifteen touchdowns, just two picks. Here's Jonathan Gannon uh, on the rookie quarterback, who, forget rookie of the year, I mean, he blew that out of the water two weeks ago. He's now in the MVP conversation. Here's J.G.
5: He can make all the throws, and he's a mobile guy. He's a big guy, you know, so he's hard. Sometimes you think that you're going to get him down, and you don't get him down, and he extends plays, and he can throw it all over the yard, so... Big-time challenge for us.
3: Two weeks ago against Tampa, he had 470 yards passing and five touchdowns, both NFL rookie records for a single game. So it is remarkable. It it really is. Um, When you look at their offense, though, uh, it's very similar to the 49ers because their offensive coordinator came from San Francisco. But – they have a lot of depth. I mean, they did it last week without their first-string running back, their first-string receiver, right, their number one receiver. So tell us, in terms of this o- this offense, you can't necessarily focus on one player, right? You have a tendency to focus
4: more on the scheme, I would imagine. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, we're focused on the scheme. Uh, like you said, they have some similarities to San Francisco, but at the same time, they don't do everything, you know, the same as well. So we're definitely focused on the scheme, uh, trying to – make cj make some bad decisions and uh hopefully we can pressure him and and get to him some way
0: how about their offensive line uh it's so critical of course that to me is where football is still played on the offensive line the defensive line of scrimmage gap integrity when you look at this offensive line and watch how they play what do you see
4: uh they have a good offensive line uh they keep him protected especially you know he has left tackle laramie tunsel um so they have a good unit as well in front. They are good at the point of attack and run. So uh, for us, it's just playing technique sound, playing gap sound as well. And we have a good front. Uh, Led, K-Strong, Dante, all those guys are uh, are very prepared, and uh, we're ready to go to war. Yeah, what do you think of
3: Tunsil, right? I mean, he his, his Twitter handle is King Tunsil. He's one of the highest-paid left tackles in the game.
4: What do you see there? Uh, a great technician, big as well, good feet. Um uh, but you know, we just have to use our technique against him.
0: You know what's really interesting here? They jump into eleven personnel. They're in it fifty-three percent of the time in rundown situation, first and ten, second and one to six. But they throw it sixty percent of the time when they get into eleven personnel. They jump into twenty-one personnel, Paul, with a fullback, I might add, thirty-seven percent of the time. And then they pound the football. What's their two-back scheme look like on tape?
4: Yeah, it's, it's really good. They believe in the run game, and uh, they believe that they have to get the run game going to get everything else going. So for us, it's just staying sound in the run game so we can get to third down and pressure the quarterback. I want to come back to the size of some of these tackles. Two weeks ago
3: against Cleveland, they had a guy 6'8", 375. What is it like to go against a mountain like that?
4: Uh, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, Dewan Jones, man, he's, he's very big. Arms are very long, so it's all about leverage, getting under him, um, and you know, being able to get your his hands off of you, and uh, yeah, just not engaging him because he's definitely going to engulf you, uh, no matter no matter what, because he's so, just so big. So I
0: had the opportunity to talk to you just a, a
4: week ago, as a matter of fact.
0: Um, tell Paul, what's your favorite pass rush? Tell Paul what your favorite pass rush is.
4: Uh, so my favorite pass rush, uh, Coach Rob, he's really been working on me uh, with my hands, of course, and my posture. So uh, right now I like to stab. I like to stab and go and the stab and to lift. Uh, right now, uh, so those are my, my two go-tos right now. So man. you
0: have that, Paulie. You get that down. No, right, I love that. that. I, I love the verbiage. The stab no, I do. You know, and go and the stab yeah.
4: and left. Now is that different than the long arm stab? I'm always a fan of the long arm stab. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. You got to. You always got to have a, a good stab to set those rushes up.
0: <laughs> it's not a long yeah. arm when Paul okay. does it. Oh, okay,
4: man. easy. Uh, by the way, Will Anderson, did you get to know Will Anderson in the draft process at all? Yeah, most definitely. Will is a great guy and a, and a great football player.
3: Okay, he's the number three pick overall. C.J. Stroud, number two. Will Anderson, number three. So we'll see. A couple of all-time SEC pass rushers going to be in this game, right? Yes,
0: sir. I think he has two socks on the season as well, Paul.
3: All right. Hey, look, uh, we enjoyed it. How about it, everyone, for B.J. O'Jolari. Here in the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. I mean, just outstanding. Special thanks as always, Jim Almahundro, Cody Fincher, Mark Lazarus, Brian Dubose, Ron Wolfley on Paul Calvisi. Special thanks to everyone here at Trophy in Chandler, located on Queen Creek Road between Price and Dobson, Cardinals at Houston. Once again, special thanks to B.G. O'Jalari in this edition of the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert
2: been listening to the Big Red Rage. Presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Right on the price. Right on the corner of the Santan 202 Freeway in Val Vista. The Rage is brought to you by SeatGeek. Your ticket to great seats. And by Arizona Cardinals podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.